We have music. I like it. Yeah. Welcome to the Fishing Guide Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Weekman. I tell you what, we got uh, two Ozarkians That's right. here uh, on the show. I'm pretty excited because I always try and get some local flavor. And uh, even though you guys kind of do a four-state four region type thing, you know, where you guys go. So we'll start uh, Kyle Feet. Kyle Veet. Veet. Like yep. feet. That's Pronounced right. Pronounced just like feet. <laughs> and Adam Treese. Correct. Yep. Yep. So um, they're here because you do a little bit more uh, fishing so than, than hunting, but you do, yeah. do some hunting and, and you do uh, more fly fishing. So we're going to get into that. So yep. first of all, tell us, uh, you have a podcast show. That's correct. And so uh, tell us about the podcast show, Kyle. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so we run the Ozark podcast. And the Ozark podcast is made for outdoorsmen in the Ozarks, simply put. Mm-hmm. Um, the Ozarks, you know, would be any anything from southern Missouri, northern Arkansas, over into, like, extreme southeastern Kansas and parts of Oklahoma. Um, and so our focus is just interviewing outdoorsmen from the Ozarks. Uh-huh. Um, it can be biologists, entrepreneurs, fishing guides. Um, we do some hunting stuff as we get into the fall and mm-hmm. kind of get further into that. We'll start talking more hunting um, but spring and summer, we're heavily focused on fishing and um, just interview different guests with interesting stories, um, right. interesting careers, things like that. There you go. So uh, what do you do? What what do you do in this part, this crazy mixture Man. of fishing and hunting? I, I, I call myself a seasonal outdoorsman. Whatever season it is, I'm doing it. Um, right. I'm not a... A big fly fisherman. I have a fly rod, um, uh-huh. but you know, spring and summer, the two Kyles really tackle the fly fishing and, and trout right. aspect of it. Um, when it comes to fishing, I'm more of a crappie, catfish, bass sometimes, but I like to eat my fish. So right. I'm a, more of a traditional tackle guy. And then uh-huh. come fall here in about a month, I'm I'm all hunting, right. bow hunting, mainly bow hunting. Um, get into duck hunting and goose hunting later right. in the winter, but. Yeah, just where whatever sounds fun to me that month. <laughs> we're, about what I do. We both host. We kind of. I'm the the main host. I'll be on pretty much every episode. But Adam right. comes on for some episodes. Kyle, the other host, he comes uh-huh. on for some. We've got another buddy, Josh. He comes on, and we just kind of share and we talk with different people that we're connected with. We both grew up in the Ozarks. Um, have a love and a passion for this area. I think this is one of the most amazing places to live if you're an outdoorsman. Because you do have opportunities to hunt and fish, world-class opportunities. If you're talking right. trout fishing, you've got the White River system. If you're talking lake fishing, you've got Beaver Lake and Bull Shoals Lake. And um, there's all these little pockets of water kind of spread out within those and in between those where you can go blue lining and little creeks that you just find on a map. And there's a good chance you're going to find some smallmouth in those creeks. Right. Um, and then talk about hunting. I mean... In the south, we've got elk, we've got bear, we've got deer. You know, you can go coon hunting, squirrel hunting. There's some quail, there's ducks. I mean, you talk about an outdoor paradise. Paradise. The Ozarks, to me, checks every box. Uh, so so that's kind of why we started the show was there's a lot to celebrate here, and, and we want to help preserve it, talk about it, kind of educate people so people get outside. Yeah, right? and there's a lot of stories that are left untold in the Ozarks, too. We're, it's pretty cool, the kind of guests that we get to find that we – would have never, you know, got to hear their stories or, or got to share that with the audience that we're getting to talk to now, which is really cool. And who's your favorite guest? Who's your favorite guest Good that question. you had? Oh, gosh. Um, Brad Rickman? 
Brad well, Friedman. yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Stay tuned. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, probably was one that I didn't actually get to be a part of. His name's Brad Harris. He invented the buck grunt call. Uh -huh. So the deer grunt. Are you familiar with deer yeah. hunting much? Um, you know, the little grunt tubes. That, right. Yeah. That, that sounds like a big burp. He invented uh -huh. that. And he's here in Neosho, Missouri. Oh, and that was go. just crazy to me. Insane. Right? Yeah. That, yeah. That was a great episode, too. Incredible. Like, the buck grunt is something that is used all over the world for deer hunting. Right. But it started in the Ozarks. Yep. And how about how about you? Who is your favorite guest? Man, that's Was a it a fly fisherman? It's a great question. Um fly guide? Probably so. For me, Dwayne Hayda. Um, uh huh. Yep. That was that was one of my favorites. Dwayne Hayda is an absolute legend in the fly fishing world. Um, right. He he was a longtime guide on the Little Red, but has fished all over uh Arkansas and all over the country. He actually, um, you know, started in the Ozarks, kind of built up his career, ended up being the youth fly fishing coach for Team USA when they right. went over to Wales and they got second place. And he's just a, a regular guy from, from the Ozarks, kind of born and raised in the backcountry. And um, just a really cool story. He's also an artist, so he, he paints, like, the landscape right. and natural um, scenes of hunting and fishing when he's out. And uh, just the, the tie-in that he has with his passion for art and, and fishing and how he kind of connects those. Really, really cool story and an incredible guide. He was actually there the day um, that the world record brown trout was caught on the Little Red. Oh. Uh, Rip Collins. Right, yep. Uh, back in, like, 1980-something, 1990-something. I'm talking to Dwayne, and Dwayne's like, yeah, I was there that day. Wow. I helped him pull that fish out of the water. He, <laughs> It was, like, preserved there, and they had him on a on a rope to keep him there before they could weigh him. And Dwayne was like, yeah, I was there. Wow. So just cool cool stories like that. Well, tell us, uh, tell us about your fishing experience because we are the Fishing Guide podcast. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what kind of fishing. You said you do uh, some crappie fishing and some panfish and things like that. Yeah. So. You have a big boat? Are you running a small boat? What you doing? Um, I, I don't have a boat personally. Uh -huh. um, I, I guess you could say inherited my grandfather, grandfather's boat. Uh -huh. um, we grew up on the Grand Lake in Oklahoma, so right. you know, dirty water, a lot different than beaver, but pretty similar fish. Um, I really enjoy crappie fishing. Right. Um, my uncle is a big time guide for spoonbill mainly on Grand Lake. So what's his name? Drop it. Brian Baker, uh, uh -huh. Spoonbill Records. I don't know if you've heard of him. There you go. Um, shout out Uncle Brian. Yeah, shout out Uncle Brian. <laughs> yeah. He's a huge guide, and uh -huh. he just recently got into... Um, Spoonbill. Yeah, well, uh -huh. Spoonbill, but um, Garmin, LiveScope, uh -huh, yep. you know, all that new technology. And I haven't gone with him yet since he put that on his boat, but I'm looking forward to it because he's able to just spot the crappie or Spoonbill or whatever he's fishing and catch it and watch right. it, which is really cool. Um, but, you know, that I pretty much fish for anything, whatever's biting. Right. Yeah. How about you? Uh, you're more of a fly fisherman, so tell us, what's your favorite place to fish? Taney Como? Um, It'd be mine. I think Como? if I had to pick one, I'd take Taney Como because there's lots of fish there. Yeah. And they're not as smart. Yeah. And so I try <laughs> and always try and fish for the ones that yeah. are, are not as smart, so yeah. that makes it easier to easier to catch them so fish to your advantage i get it yeah yeah i i um for me i started fishing i grew up fishing right like everyone grew up right. fishing fishing ponds fishing um you know just 
around Beaver Lake, just kind of throwing it in. Um, but fly fishing, I didn't really get into fishing hardcore and like to where I got obsessed with it until I started fly fishing. Right. And it started with trout. Like a lot of people, it starts with trout. It's uh-huh. since evolved into other things like smallmouth fishing. Right. Um, but trout fishing. And so for that here in Arkansas, you really can't beat the White River below Bull Shoals. Uh, if I have a yeah. free day and I want to go fly fishing, I'm probably going to make the two-hour trip over from Northwest Arkansas to like, right. Cotter. Um, and so I'll go over there. And the, the, what I like about the White River is you have such an opportunity to catch big fish. Right. You, you can go up to Beaver Tailwaters, uh, you know, just north right. of the lake. And you can go up there, and there are some big fish up there, but um, – for the most part, I'm catching 13, 14, 15-inch stalkers, stalker right. rainbows. But when you go over to the white, you never know what's going to be on the end of your line. I mean, right. just two weeks ago, I was over there fishing hoppers up against the bank. Oh, they're biting the hopper. They the were, hopper bite's pretty crazy oh, when it's, it's so on. so fun. Have you done that? Uh, yes, I have. Oh, man, it's so fun. So we went we went over there, and, you know, I'd, <clears throat> I'm i casting it. I've not, you know, I haven't done that a whole lot. And so... Um, we we fished with Steve Daly for a little bit. He runs Daly's right. yep. fly fisher over there. He kind of showed us the ropes and took us out on the boat for a couple hours after that. Showed us how how to do it. And we ended up catching like two or three that day, uh, twenty inch plus brown trout. And for me, that was the biggest fish I've ever caught on you know on the white for trout right. and stuff like that. And so that's why I love the white because your your ceiling is so high and, and your floor is even elevated of in terms of size of fish that you can go catch. Right. Are you using um, a trout boat? Using one of those yep. those boats? Yep. Are you using a drift boat? Are you using an inflatable drift boat? Are you using No, uh, so we've got the classic um and it's not my boat, it's a uh, my buddy Kyle, the other host right? of the podcast, his grandpa lets us use uh his Supreme River boat. Yep. It's got a thirty horsepower jet on it. Um, but, and we did put oars on it. So we do, we do drift. Do drift yeah. yeah. And we do row and that helps kind of position the boat and be in the right spot on the water and make sure you're lined up and all that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of what we run over there. So do you guys uh, build flies or not? Are you uh, lure makers? I'm not for sure. I've never done no. that before. Yeah. But, but how about you? Are you a lure maker? Are you uh, I do, yeah. into that? I do. I do tie. Um, uh-huh. I've got a vice at home and have kind of, I picked it up a couple of years ago, kind of dabbled in it put it down it was like a little intimidating at first because there were so many different materials and i didn't know what the heck i was doing so i just kind of picked it up in the last year again and i've started tying my own smallmouth flies right the really really small stuff i like my fingers don't work like that i have stubby little <laughs> fingers right so i just can't do that um but yeah i do i do tie some of them some of them are just like i'd rather buy them because they're easier to, to right. buy than to make <laughs> smallmouth flies now uh we went out once with uh, me and my son-in-law went out with um, um a guy that was uh fishing with fly like mm-hmm. a fly rod for yeah. a while mm-hmm. and then and then uh, he switched over because they were biting better on the more traditional spinning rod stuff yep. so yeah but but it was fun to see like his lures were were like well I know that would catch a fish but but presentation uh, in a stream that's got current and a fly rod is is a skill that, mm-hmm. that 
just just like a skill even if you had a bait caster but right right. we do a lot of the uh floating the streams king's rivers around here yeah and uh, war eagles uh also a good one that you can get on right and uh their buffalo is not far from here the elk you can go up to bella vista you've got the big sugar yep um and then indian creek up in missouri uh, you mentioned the elk, the Illinois over and yeah, over. Yeah, the home. Illinois. That's a good one. A good smallmouth yeah, fishing. That. Crooked Creek, if you go over east yeah, a little while. Crooked, Crooked Creek's real good. Really, really good. Some really big. They've they've managed that river really well. They've they've right. increased the limits, the regulations of what you can and can't keep. And a lot of people don't know. Um, They're blue ribbons. Uh, blue ribbon streams is what they call exactly, that. exactly, uh-huh. and it, which is why it's so important to preserve them. A lot of people don't know that you, when you catch a 18 inch smallmouth which is a trophy trophy smallmouth when you catch something like that it's usually about 12 to 15 years old right they there's really really slow growth and um in in this area at least you know you get up into like michigan and stuff they get Uh, they get big but they grow slow up there too they just have uh uh, gobies they just have a better food source okay Mm -hmm. so they're they it'd be like if you know they had hoppers Going in the creeks all the time, that's what gobies are like. Gotcha. So, so there's a, a big source of protein up there. Okay. And they basically, like the smallmouth up north, they they only get to eat and and reproduce for like four months out of the year, I always say. And, and they go full bore on it. Yeah. They, they people are like pretty amazing. I've been up there. I've fished all those, all the big lakes. I've fished Champlain. I've fished... Malax, I fished um, mm. Mississippi up there. I fish all those, but when you come down here, the experience of the Ozarks is uh, is the natural is the clear streams. Is, right. is usually that's what people talk about is the clear streams and and how there's fishing. You can go any kind of fishing from crappie to catfish to stripers. So you know walleye and walleye are actually getting catching. They're getting better and better on beaver. Every year yeah. they're so getting heard. better and better. So, uh, you know, will it be as good as Bull Shoals? Probably not because Bull Shoals isn't as close to a populated area. Right. So there's more people taking them out here sure. than what there is at Bull Shoals. And Bull Shoals is four times the size of Beaver. So yeah. you put that in perspective. Is it that much bigger? Yes, I believe so. Oh, wow. I think it goes that Table Rock is uh, twice as big as Beaver and then... Bull Shoals is mm. twice as big as Table Rock, wow. I believe. I didn't know so that. So it's massive. That is a big lake, yeah. Yeah. Beaver's so. pretty, pretty stout lake 45,000 square uh, acres is what that runs out. Wow. So, yeah. But, uh, but I mean, that's a that's a big reservoir. So not yeah. surprising that you guys are trying to target, you know, target that area and talk to people about smallmouth fishing. Right. Have you found, I mean, I had a couple guides. I've had guides on that. Fish the streams, yeah. You know, around here, or they just guide for trout uh, in where their streams and for smallmouth, and then they also do trout too. Have you have you talked to any of those? Yeah, guys? absolutely. So we had a couple weeks ago. We had Tad Four on uh, the Ozark podcast. He's a guide over in uh, North Arkansas area. Uh-huh. He, he primarily fishes Crooked Creek. Um, right. Excellent smallmouth fishing guide. I mean, right. if, if you want someone. Who, who knows his stuff. He's incredible. Um, 
And we went out, we actually got to go fish Crooked Creek with him too that day after we recorded the podcast, which is right. a huge perk of doing the podcast is I you see. actually get to go do some of this fun stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah, he, he's an excellent, he also does some, some trout stuff, um, as well. But I mean, he opened the book for us and was like, you, you want to go out this time of year when the water's doing this, this is what you're looking for. When you're fishing those small creeks, uh-huh. it's a lot like hunting. You're kind of targeting, you're sight fishing. You see that fish there, I want to catch that fish. And now I got to figure out how to do it without spooking it, casting, you know, several feet ahead of it, stripping yeah. a, a crawdad back in front of it, or a minnow, depending on the time of year, what the water's doing. So uh-huh. very knowledgeable guy, really cool. Really and cool. the thing about streams and the small rivers, and for right now, anyway, the trout fishing is uh, they're not using live scope. They're not using active targeting. They're not using basically live sonar. So it's still right. the, the reading the water, reading the seams, uh, knowing where the eddies are and how exactly. they position themselves and and so where the push is in front of the shoals there's all those things you read in the water before you even make your cast in that presentation mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent. it's pretty cool it's actually um adam adam kind of was one of the people who got me into smallmouth fishing like i like i'm into uh-huh. it you took me out just one random time yeah. uh several years ago on Osage Creek. Yep. Are you yep. familiar with Osage? Yeah. Um, in north of Arkansas. And we weren't even fly fishing. Uh, we were just, and I don't exclusively Walking. fly fish, but uh-huh. we were mm-hmm. just wet waiting on a summer day, had the spin rod. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Just, I mean, really anywhere that you can find water, you know, this time of year, I'd love to just go out and put right. some crocs on and, and wade down a creek a couple of miles and catch some fish. Yeah. We're throwing um, wacky rigs. You throw a lot of crawdads. Yeah, a lot of crawdads really for me. And Anything that resembles a crawdad. Um, right. Recently, I started using um, mm-hmm. D2 jigs. I don't know if you know J.D. Dudley, um, mm-hmm. but he hand ties them, and they're mainly for trout, uh, marabou hair jigs. Right. So whenever I go trout fishing, I, I don't use fly uh, fly rod, but I use traditional. Um, right. And these long marabou hair jigs. I started using those in the creeks just because a little bit different, a little bit more of a challenge, and, and they eat them just as good. Anything brown for me, really. Right. Mm-hmm. And and actually what's funny is uh, going to ICAST and, and also um, yeah. on the journey I had last week all over all over Alabama, um, hair jigs are actually starting to really come back in popularity. Really? Just, it's crazy how that is. And, mm. and uh, of course, one of our sponsors, Pico Lures, uh, Pico. still has a bunny butt that's made with uh, rabbit hair. Okay. And so it's made with that. And so, um, so it has really lifelike action yeah. to it. But, but it's funny how that cycles through. Right. Fish and lures really cycle through. Like someone comes out and they're like, that's just a Zara Spook kind of, but it's named something else. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? With a little like, twist variation. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it has like some mean eyes or something like that. Yeah. And so uh, we should have brought out, see who had the biggest lure. You should have. Like, you could have brought your biggest lure, and I could have brought my biggest lure. I'm sure you're. So how yeah, big sure is really big's big. your biggest lure? Um, golly. How many How many inches? If I was going to, my, the biggest one that I would throw would be, uh, like, an articulated streamer. Yep. Uh, and I would fish it in the dead of winter on the White River when they're really pumping water. It's right. seven inches. Yep. That's about as big mm-hmm. as I would go. There you go. Uh, mine probably, well, I know it's 10 inch swim bait. I do a lot of bass fishing and pond fishing. Um, right. so big rubber paddle tails. I, I don't remember the brand, but, um, it's a bit, it's a big one. Big yeah. one. I just mm-hmm. got one that's two and a half 
two and a half ounces, big swim bait. Yeah. So I like that. Uh, Zell do you Roland do that out here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Or a glide bait, like yeah. an eight inch glide bait. I, I've never got and, into it on the lake, but I know it's a whole other beast to yeah. to do that. It's having the right rod. Yeah. So you're ready to uh, ready to cast it, but it's it's interesting anyway. Mm-hmm. That takes us to tackle time. That's a good time to bring it up. That uh, yeah. uh, tackle time sponsored by Pico Lures. Pico Lures has a complete line of hard and soft baits. Uh, it f- catches everything, everything from smallmouth, and you could go trout fishing with uh, bunny butts or mm-hmm. any of their smaller uh, soft plastics. You go crappie fishing or walleye fishing. Right now, their uh, their crankbaits are the actually no pun intended the hottest crankbait there is in the marketplace. Mm. We know that because we see the sales and we see all the people buying them and and we make a, a lot of trips down to Mississippi and they're getting ready to have a big crank fest down on Grenada, which is full of three pound and even some four-pound crappie. Nice. And so a lot of people are trolling our baits down there, so they have a deep diver, and they also have a shallow, shallow uh, diver. But you can check out all their products at uh, picolures.com. If they wanted to check out you guys' uh, podcast show, and, yeah. and you, pro- you have a little, uh, you have YouTube too, where where would they go? Yeah, absolutely. So um, so we you could look us up. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Spotify Podcasts as well. Uh, just type in the Ozark podcast. We've got okay. a cool little logo. You'll be able to find us. All right. Um, we're also on Instagram. Um, we okay. post a lot of our clips. We do record some of our, our videos, and we put the clips on our Instagram and also on our YouTube. So okay. um, the Instagram is the Ozark podcast, um, just plain and simple. And then the YouTube is actually, um, you'd find it under Inland Outdoors, I-N-L-A-N-D. Okay. Um, and we've got all of our stuff on there. All right. Sounds good. Well, I appreciate you guys coming in, talking about the Ozarks and, and what you do, bringing people in and getting to visit. It's always good to have another podcaster on the show. That's right. Yeah, so, definitely. Thank you for having us on. Uh, so that works out pretty good. Um, like I always like to end the show, make sure you keep your hook sharp and your lures in the water. <laughs>